Welcome back to NELP's Young Professional Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our Young Professional Network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Your hosts today include myself, Brett Lemke, RM Landscape, and Skylar Westergaard with Landcare. Hello, Skylar. How are you today? Brett, great. It's good to see you today, and welcome to our guest, Marin Clark. How are you, Marine? How? Doing good. Excited to be here. Wonderful. And there's some details, Scott, that you know yeah, as well. So we'll give, why don't you give us the little let the lowdown low on it? Yeah, we're glad to have Marin with us today. Let me introduce her. She is a co-founder of Threadleaf Landscape Design, and Marin brings a passion for transforming outdoor spaces into extraordinary landscapes. In 2014, she graduated from Brigham Young University with a bachelor's degree in landscape management. Marin has gained expertise across diverse facets of the green industry. With a background in residential landscape design, garden maintenance, and interior plant design and maintenance, Marin combines creative vision with practical know-how to deliver exceptional outdoor experiences. Marin, we're glad to have you here. Did I miss anything important in, in introducing you? No, Skylar, that was a great overview. Thank you. We, yeah, we, aim, we aim to sound, make everybody sound really, really good on this podcast, right? And everybody's so modest. All our guests are like, oh, no, that's, you know, but you all are pretty cool guests. We always pick the best, the coolest ones. Um, and we've had your partner uh, on this podcast. And so oh, this is great. We get to now we get to, you get the real we'll get the real perspective on Threadleaf both sides yeah. of the story there sorts but yeah um, it was a few few weeks ago we had yeah. Chelsea Hart's Hartshorn who is yeah. um, a co-founder of Threadleaf also so yeah well um, a little background because I love to hear um, just sort of how thre- you know you came to you know create Threadleaf I think that entrepreneurship is something that's very exciting for our listeners uh, and always that big step but. But to take a step, a few steps back, what that background and what led you to uh, to making that big that big move? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the first start off that Skylar mentioned is I graduated um, from BYU in landscape management, um, and that was the kind of the kickoff point, right? So I had that background throughout college, and in college they require at least at BYU that you have an internship. And so I did my internship at a garden close by to the school, and it was actually a water conservation garden. So one of my specialties, I guess I'd say in design is water conservation and knowing that uh, the terms and, and, and the plants that do well in that environment. So I started off in that area. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, got to know, you know, that's kind of my maintenance background, got to know what every, all the care of things. And, and then moving from there, I, um, graduated, had some uh, kind of on-campus stuff with floral design and interior plants, really liked that side of, of uh, honestly, because it's not as seasonal as our other uh, landscaping, you know, is, but was able to do some interior uh, stuff and continue doing that with some companies afterwards. I think you'll see from my story that it's not very, it's not a linear story or line of, of thought. I'm kind of a little bit all over the place here in terms of my experience and background. But I think you know, when I got to get to 
um, co-found Threadleaf, it was something where I could bring all that together, the, the different areas in our industry and, and really culminate all that into what I have to do now in Threadleaf. So going back, I spent a couple years in the interior industry uh, doing design, maintenance, customer uh, care there. And then I actually took a break. I had a baby, my daughter, and I took a year with her and kind of then stumbled upon an interaction with Chelsea, which who you mentioned is uh, a other co-founder of Threadleaf. So Chelsea had an interaction with her. Um, it didn't end up working out, but uh, a little while down the road, she contacted me again and said, hey, you know, I'd love to talk to you again. And we ended up working together for a couple years at a design build firm. And that's kind of how that relationship kicked off. Really enjoyed what we did together there, but then kind of decided, you know what, it's time for something new. And a lot of what drove that was we found that we weren't really able to live out our values in the positions that we were in. So we wanted to create something where we could have a little more control over the environment of um, living out our values, creating those goals and, and uh, ultimately creating a community that we just weren't able to find in, in our area in the industry. So we wanted to step out and do something a little different. So I would say that's the big driver to what, how Threadleaf came to be. Um, and it's been, uh, you know, a little over a year now since it's been official with Threadleaf and, and that has been a big learning experience, but it's been, it's been a good one. Well, that's as it should be, right? If we really figured it out, oh my gosh, this would be way easier, but no, never. We have not heard anybody say it's really easy to do this. That's not been a, that's been probably one of the more common pieces, but wonderful story. Uh, and, uh, and really appreciate the uh, curiosities of just, you know, you jumped all around in those careers and touched them. None of them stuck. Is that what were you looking for each time? Just something different or something bigger or what, what made you go from an interior to exterior to water? What do you think that was driven by? I would say it was growth. Like I was, I was in this field, um, and I wasn't finding the growth opportunities that I wanted. I was just kind of feeling stagnant or stuck, which would lead to a change. And then, you know, again, getting getting into a different field and then getting to a point where I'm kind of stagnating or stuck. And so switching to a different field. So I wouldn't say that it was um, I wasn't enjoying those different areas. It was just the opportunities weren't there for me. And a big value of mine is is being able to grow and learn more. Um I, the only exception to that is uh, the most recent design build firm. I think there were many opportunities for growth there. Um, but then there was this amazing opportunity that also opened up um, to do something with Chelsea where we could maybe have a little more control. If you go back, uh, Marin, to even when you were younger, what do you feel like was something that drew you to kind of this world of whether it be plants, landscaping, interior scaping, landscape design? Was that something that came about even before college, an interest of yours? Talk about that a little bit. That's a great question. I started off probably like everyone else, where you don't really have a, an idea of that this field exists. Um, but in high school, I took a, an AP, so that's an advanced course biology. 
And one of the um, ways that they would weed these people out in the beginning is they would take them out, collect a bunch of different um, samples from different plant material, and you would have to memorize the botanical name and the common name. And they had a big test where you'd come together and, you know, you look at all your samples and have to be able to write down and identify each of those plant material samples. And surprisingly, I loved it. I thought that was the coolest thing. And that's kind of what um, started me into the field and just a little taste, right? I didn't really know that there was more to this than, than just, you know, the biology side of it. Um, so going into college, I actually didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do. I ended up just kind of falling upon another course with a kind of a silly name called living with plants. And I was like, well, that sounds cool. Like, I want to live with plants. So I went and took that course and then it kind of cascaded from there and ended up uh, where I am with that bachelor's degree from in landscape management, which they actually renamed the program to something completely different now. So I, I couldn't tell you what it's called now, but that's what it was when I graduated. Awesome. I love to hear those stories about where people started out. And it's, it's a question that I've been asked over the years, many, many times. And uh, as a, as a, past professor, it's fun to hear stories like yours where people came in to college, not knowing exactly what they wanted to do, and then took a fun plant, landscape, horticulture, landscape design class and found the light, you know, the best profession in, in the world. And in my opinion, I'm not biased at all. No, 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 it's it's seconded here. So you're, 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 you're totally on the right path. Uh, well, and I could appreciate um just that, that, that hunger and the drive to find what's, you know, that, that growth. Um, and, and I think for often for our listeners, it's taking that leap, you know, at this point to, you know, um, you know, what was it self, uh, ownership piece stakes of things, but at the same time there, it was just find the opportunities with organizations that can help you grow, um, love the work, but who else, the combination of, you know, the culture, the values, the mm -hmm. the work you're doing and and the opportunities to, to grow for yourself. Um, and it's sometimes not taken very much or they're just afraid of that leap. Um, and, you know, there probably were better climate, economic climates and when to do that and when not to do those kind of pieces. But it is, uh, did you find in that path every time you made that step forward for growth, um, any lessons learned or you know, just a smarter way to do it? Or did you... Uh, or do you stumble through those kind of processes? I will say, um, Brett, as you were talking, I was thinking about how I never really had, you know, being an entrepreneur as the end goal and the end vision. Um, that was something that was actually pushed a little bit in my program. And I got a minor degree in business. So they really, you know, highly suggested that you have that background so you could start your own um, and that's not something that ever really interested me. Uh, and as I went about through my journey, you know, each step, uh, like you mentioned, I don't think I like it, it was different because I wasn't trying to reach this end goal of entrepreneurship. It really was just about the discovery and the growth that happened organically um, through those different opportunities. And I will say it was it was scary jumping onto a ship that I had no idea what that looked like and what storms would come. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably learning the most lessons right now, you know, as I'm making that journey, uh, looking back at my, my past 
as I've, you know, transitioned, I, I wouldn't say that any of those things were a bad choice. Like I wouldn't go back and, and redo anything um, along that journey, but yeah, I don't think there was anything specific that I was like, you know, I would really do that again or wouldn't do that or sorry, wouldn't do that again. Um, because I think it just happened like it was meant to happen. Oh, I, I put that in that, uh, in that fun way when you're just all sitting around the weekend, it's like, if you had three wishes and you could just wish for anything, what would you do? But that you had to think of the repercussions, like you would go back and fix this, but then that would put you on a completely different path, right? And it becomes the multiverse kind of a concept here or something. So yeah, no, I I align with you that you you never look back and say, this should have been done differently. You can learn and tr- apply it going forward, but that's the new uncharted world that we're all going to figure out as we go. Um, and, uh, and, and you really can't, I don't think you should think any other way because it can't make change and you can only go forward and make something different better. Yeah, I love the mindset, though, and that perspective of, hey, it it happened the way it was supposed to happen. I learned from it. Um, So it but on that, I'd like to go uh, maybe peel that onion back a little bit more as far as like the feeling of entrepreneurship or going to work for yourself. You know, some of our listeners um, are are earlier in their career than you than than you are, Marin. Some are later. Some are maybe some college students that are thinking about what they want to do. And how you know you talked about there being some I can't remember the word you use, but you know some some gray area. You didn't know exactly what it was what what it was going to look like. And I think that's true of everybody that that does that, whether they know it or not. But would you give any advice? or thoughts to those that want to maybe go and do something on their own, but maybe have some fear of what it might be like, um, and are maybe questioning whether it's right for them. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here because we didn't prep you for this, but I'd love to just hear you think about that out loud. Yeah, I actually, upon thinking about it more, would give my past self uh, one piece of advice, and it would be when I was back in college, um, I didn't necessarily put myself out there when it came to networking events or, um, you know, school competitions. You know, I know that NALP hosts one and that wasn't something that I really prioritized. And I wish I would have because I realize now that those that's where you're making those connections. That's where you're um really where your opportunities come from is from the people that you know. So, so advice to people who are maybe in college right now is take those opportunities, those networking opportunities as much as possible, especially if you, especially if you want to be off on your own, because you're going to need a group of people behind you that you can go to and you can ask questions and you can say, Hey, I'm encountering this and I need, I need some help if possible. And, and, so I think it's really important that you establish that community behind you in order to succeed, because to be honest, it's really hard being on your own. And that's something we've found as a as a design company, that there are a lot of these freelance designers that it just gets lonely and and your growth mm-hmm. opportunities are limited because, you know, you don't have people to bounce ideas off of. Um, so that's one of the things that we've really tried to establish in Threadleaf is a community of designers where we come together, we learn from each other, and uh, we move forward together. It just makes it a lot easier. 
I don't know if that answers your question or maybe there was a part two to the question. Well, I, I wasn't fishing for any specific answer, but you, you know, you brought up, I think the, the community, uh, Threadleaf has a, un a unique business model and that you bring, um, freelance designers together into a community. They work for themselves, but they also work for you as freelancers. So, uh, maybe that's part of overcoming the, the fears or the unknowns of going out, the risks of going out on your own is surrounding yourself with, with people and not, not being alone, you know, even though I said going out, you know, on your own, but being with others that you can collaborate with, that you can partner with mentors. Would you agree? 100%. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what you need to be able to move yourself forward. And I, I would like to hear maybe from you two, what maybe that same question, like what, what uh, factors have enabled your success in terms of even when you're making changes, maybe it's not a whole new career change, but making changes within your company or or uh, as you you know go on your own personal journey, what factors have helped you throughout that? Yeah, I um, I think like I haven't actually changed a job uh, company in my whole career. So I've been the same place, but that's, but the role and growth of that um, had felt like every time you take on something new, it, it has that little bit of a gasp, like, okay, am I ready for this? And then, you know, where am I going to, what do I need to do? Right. So it was a very much a, you know, how do I give myself the strength and the knowledge base and, and the, and put up my own net to fall into rather than trust that somebody else is doing it. So I, you know, creating your own destiny, it, it's all I know and I love it. Right. And so, and I, I couldn't think of any other way, but to be able to drive my own path, but it comes with this inherent amount of like, just, you know, fear, uh, quite frankly, right. When you, when you go down these, these paths. And so, uh, things, some things came easier than others. Uh, uh you know, we struggle, but, uh, the network was huge. Um, and, and, and the, for me, it was just to be humble, to say that this isn't something I'm going to say I know. I'd rather hear what other people have to say. I'll form my own idea, um, but as much as I can be influenced by those that have done this and done it well, I'm going to take it and I'm going to you know, probably apply some of that and just know who uh, we are as a, a company or me as an individual. So it's, um, there's I think we've talked a lot about this industry is just full of good examples and information that's available to share. Uh, and so there's nothing that has, has to be uh, uniquely start from scratch. And so we, we probably had AI before AI existed, right? You just had to ask the question and somebody <laughs> was going to, to get it to you and if you just had to ask the right person. So um, it is, uh, it, it feels fantastic uh, when you win and it, and, it, and you definitely wear it when uh, when you're losing um, or you make a mistake, but it is uh, but it, that driving force is what just gets me up every single day. Let's let's have some fun and have a little curiosity. What's going to happen today? You don't know exactly how any day goes, and especially in leadership roles. Yeah, I love uh, Marin that you're asking us some questions. That's fun for you to shoot it back for me. Um, I, you know, your question about success and careers, I've made some, some moves, um, in my career physically moved to different States and things like that. I think if I had to say like the one thing that I've relied on the most, um, is what you both said in part of your answers is having people that I can talk to having mentors, people that know the industry well, but also people that know me fairly well. 
and to be able to talk to them and sh and open up and be, you know, honestly be vulnerable about what I was feeling in a certain role, um, what my some of my ambitions and goals were in my career and ask advice of people that um, were kind enough to speak candidly with me about about that. And I had in those conversations some some things that I thought I should do or wanted to do, and I kind of wanted their approval. And they would say, I don't think that's the best thing for you. I think you would be have more success if you went this route or that route. And um, so, yeah, in short, reaching out to those who know, know, you know, what I want to want to do, know the, the profession, the industry, but also know, know me well, and then trying to listen. And trying to act on that has been helpful and, and, and help me move forward confidently, even when there's a lot of unknowns. So Maureen, you, you just talked about the idea when you, you co-founded Threadleaf, the idea of creating a set of values that were important to you. Um, could you share those? And, and I think you maybe just a bit of a conversation around how you created those, um, not easy uh, by any stretch of the imagination and, and and hard to stick around or or even live sometimes, but sort of walk us through what, what you, you created around Threadleaf. Absolutely. Um, we have three main values that we are founded on and the first one being relationships and that people come first always. And that's something that's been important to us from the beginning because like you just mentioned we have built up this network and these relationships and they're going to catch us you know or try to at least when we fall so we need to make sure that we're there for them as well and and then of course that always goes to our clients as well making sure that those relationships stay strong and happy and the second one is growth which i've mentioned several times already um, but making sure that we're pushing ourselves and others to do better in this industry and to do things better. And then the third is um, belonging. And that's kind of the one that spurred our community of designers that we've created. It also um, is a big driver for why we are going to college campuses around in the area quite often and talking with students and educating them about the opportunities that are out there and kind of drawing them in and saying, hey, like there is a spot for you in our industry. Uh, we've seen mostly for those who are women because it's it's uh, something where they just sometimes don't feel like they belong because they don't see so many examples, at least in our area, of women who are really um, thriving and successful in the industry. And so just saying, hey, like we're here, we're trying to build this, come help us, or, or you know, just giving an example of, of someone that they can look to for uh, inspiration for their future. So those are the three values. And I would say all of them have played a part in our founding. And like you mentioned, Brett, it is not always easy to live those. Mm -hmm. And I think especially when we're setting goals, it can be so difficult to, to want to make sure that those goals are so um, driven by what we want to do. Right. And 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 those achievement type things, whereas with our values, making sure that the goals are tied to values. So it's more of what do we want to be versus what do we want to do? And man, that's hard because that's not measurable very often. Right. Yeah. So uh, 
that's what we're going through right now. Like you said, trying to keep that momentum going with those values because it it had us so excited in the beginning of just we're going to change things. These are our values, and this is how we're going to do it. And and now we're like, okay, are we still on that track? This is this is powerful stuff. This is the this is definitely the stuff of leadership, you know. And you make a good point. One, two, a couple of good points that I heard. Um, first of all, you're saying, you know, it's, it's hard. We're striving to do that. Uh, and we say that here at, at my work too, like we strive to live our core values, like, cause it's hard sometimes you're right. And making sure that decisions and actions are mapped or tied to those, you know, relationships, growth and belonging. But then the other point that you brought up is the other challenge is how do you measure it? Like, how do you measure whether you are increasing a sense of belonging, you know, that's, that's kind of hard to do, but, but I love those, you know, relationships, growth and belonging, because I think that's kind of a universal human need, especially belonging. We all desire to belong, right. To have value to add. And, and so that you're striving to create that is, is motivating to me. So uh, your strategy for creating the values, because I, I always like listening to the journey was this uh let's uh let's sit in the coffee shop and just crank these out what was the did you follow a strategy or a plan that helped you create those because obviously and there's so many values out there and just three you did it right right usually everyone's like i got seven or 12 and you're like no no gotta get it down so how did you get to those three that is a great question and we had the help of um an awesome um, marketing expert who helped us to narrow those things down and and really helped us to tell our story. Because before we even created this, um, he took us through a journey. Uh, he called it the hero's journey and, and kind of put um, our clients in the hero's journey place and, and showed us, okay, this is how you're helping your client go along. And along the way, um, what do you want them to experience? What do you want to experience? And he took us through some awesome exercises that kind of made us bubble up a bunch of things, but then eventually narrowed down to those three values. Um, that's something we maybe would have come across on our own, but I think it was really helpful to have a professional just walk us through, hey, this is how we um, get to this point. And it was very helpful to have that set out in the very, very beginning. Like before we actually even had um, Threadleaf, bam, it's a company, you know, put it in the, the legal docs, you know, it, that was something that we went through first. And I think it also helped us to discover, um, what we wanted out of this and what we mm -hmm. wanted to give others out of it. Yeah. The, the formulation of that plan, it takes the idea and the, um, the excitement and the, the romance of this, and it, but it puts it on paper and it can, then it allows you to integrate that with the, the responsibility, the business part of this, the, the, the acumen required to an execution of it. Um, I, you know, I've done in so many iterations of, you know, early in my career, we did, oh, well, we could, I read a book, I could do this, but I found ourselves looking for help as we got later in the career of really trying to find a way to establish core values that will just hold. And then, how to practice those, how to um, make them um, feel very important. And it's the hardest thing. One, I believe in them entirely. I believe, I think I am striving by using them every day as I make decisions. But when you get into a teams and much greater teams, uh, you know, land cares and all the, a lot of, like, how does that person that just joined the organization 
feel that way, especially when they're in a field driven position, how do they feel it or how do they share that value? And uh, um, it's, that's the job, right. To get everybody into that, that space. I think you hit it on the head right there. And I will say that when someone comes into your organization and you have some processes and systems laid out for them, um, that gives them power. But when you connect it with those core values that you've established in your company, all of a sudden it's a roadmap. And like you said, then you can make day-to-day decisions because you understand this is what we're about. Uh, that isn't not, that's not always detailed out in your processes, right? Like that's mm-hmm. something that gives them the basis. But then how do we get from base to base to base? That's through the decisions and the values. Yeah, it makes me kind of think uh, just I think this is what you're saying and how I heard it is like just having like the values without systems and processes. It's really hard. It's really easy for them to fall flat, right, or to not come about. But on the other hand, having good systems and processes without tying it to a higher purpose um, sometimes is a, is a struggle as well. So when you can marry those two together and this is a, this is a, I think a good time for me to bring up something that, um, I've been waiting uh, for the podcast to bring up. So Marin and I were having a conversation about processes and systems and uh, Marin, your kind of interest about, um, uh, creating good systems and processes. And I wrote down, I, I may not have wrote it down exactly what you told told me in our conversation several weeks ago, but uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I've been waiting to bring this up because I want you to talk more about this, but you said something to the effect of what I have written down is rise or we like to rise or we strive to rise to the level of our visions, but we often sink to the level of our systems. And I have had that written on my desk for like a month. And I'd like you to just to talk about that, that phrase that you told me, it really rang something that resonated with me. Yeah, I mean, I think because I've experienced this, uh, especially this last year where we have this grand vision and and we hope that we're going to, you know, get to that level and and to that point. Um, but then, you know, as just the rubber hits the road, you end up just slowly sinking and sinking and sinking because your systems or your processes just aren't there to support you to reach your vision and Um, or your values, you know, in any capacity. So being able to have those in place, I have found is super important to being able to achieve those visions. And it's not easy, but uh, it's, it's kind of the way my brain works is I want to organize things and get it and get it all detailed out and sometimes maybe a little too detailed out, but, you know, hopefully to a level where it's not bogging anybody down, but that it's supporting us so that so that we can rise instead of sink Uh, yeah it resonates very well right i think that's anybody that's been in a leadership role or goes through that i mean heck i think that even hits the personal life like where you wish to be and then the the work that it really creates and the pieces and the parts that have to come together um i think well said uh in a helpful way to have anybody to sort of put them in there, stop them and say, pause for a second. Just think about that for a little bit and say, how do you, how do you fix those pieces and, and combine the two? So you're self-aware of that, Marin, but now what, what have you done? Have you been able to uh, sort of uh, fix in those areas or what, what have you found to be the best practice there? Yeah. So I'm in the middle of it and oh, 
then we, <laughs> no. we have Scott's got this booker for what we, what do you want another week and then you'll figure, like, <laughs> you figure uh, it out yeah yeah tomorrow can you help us I know. Like, well, all right but I I, I would almost have it done by today but no 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 <laughs> um yeah so a lot of uh, there's that's the overwhelming thing is there's always so much that you can you can improve upon in terms of the systems and processes because it's not like something you just create and then boom it's there forever it's always changing Mm -hmm. um because your business is always changing your clients are always you know um there's just so many factors that way but in terms of nitty-gritty um right now we are working on um using a a software and system that's going to help us with our project flow because we we do use independent uh freelance designers we've got to figure out a way that they can kind of integrate with us um, so that they can show us where they are at in their process. So we're up to date. We can up, update the clients and and we can make sure that all our timelines, you know, align that way. Um, so we're working on that system currently and trying to get that up and running. Um, some other things that we've kind of put in place is, uh, I mean, it's simple. It can seem simple, but we've we've had a CRM where we put in all our clients and we're currently trying to refresh that and make sure that that's up to date and that it, has anyone has everyone been followed up with um are, are people falling through the cracks because that system isn't good enough and so we're really reevaluating that as well making sure that we're not we're not sinking because of that sounds like it you're is doing those... great work in that regard yeah, and, and those are very common fundamental parts of all businesses. But to know that 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 uh, those have to be strong, and then it's just way easier to produce at at the and within the values that we all have, and um, and that training and effort to teach, right? That's got. I think that's why you exist in a lot of ways, right? And your role and function is to is to show that both can be done. It can be done successfully, and here's how we we think and operate through those pieces. Um, yeah, it's uh, I agree. It's less becomes less about the landscape uh, and the type of yeah. plant you choose. Now it's about the process and the and the business and the strategy and leadership pieces. Yeah, right. Marin makes a good point that these these parts of our work are always evolving and changing. They're living things. The processes have to be nurtured and fed like a machine. You know, you got to change the oil in your your car unless you have an electric vehicle uh <laughs> got to charge the batteries you know and and uh keep the clock wound up so even the processes require inputs and um, we talked i think we talked a few weeks ago that the teaching and learning and employee development side you know there's just a constant need to push and, and improve and get the the water to the end of the row as i've said i grew up I grew up in a farming community so that analogy may make sense to some and maybe not others but no no i i my food just comes from the table man i just grew up in the suburbs <laughs> i don't know what you're talking um Your food comes from costco yeah that's it it's you get the prepared foods and they even make it for you it's really <laughs> fancy um so you've done some you're you've experienced this you going to schools it sounds like you're in this place of how do i give back um you are a woman-led organization. Really exciting piece there. You mentioned a little parts of that, but what is, what's that path forward um, in terms of outside of the company, but how do you expand the horizon for others that are you know, similar to the footsteps that you've had? 
Awesome. Big question. shoulders. Yeah. Big, you know, you got to take it all on, right? You're just trying to, you're only one year in the business and we're all asking you, how are you going to make the rest of this industry great? Um, but go ahead, give it a shot. <laughs> okay. Not a big ask at all. Um, yeah, I honestly, I didn't necessarily have that role model, you know, going throughout my career. I didn't have and I still don't really have or see anyone who's super successful in my kind of similar situation where I'm a young mom, I have two little kids and there's, you know, that home balance and family life that that factors in every day. Right. Um, but in terms of just going forward, all, all we're trying to do uh, with our organization is say, hey, we're here um, so you can also be here. We're, we are a place that we want anyone to come to, but especially those, like I said, who maybe aren't feeling like they belong in the industry. Uh, we do this a lot by, like I mentioned, going to local universities and interacting with the students. And man, the way their energy and the way they just get so excited about that potential. Um, I've met with many uh, women who are studying in this field and they go, yeah, like, this is awesome. I love this. And and I love design, but I just don't know like what that path looks like. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to make it. And, you know, it's just something where it's like, that's okay. Like, like me, you don't have to be linear. Like you can kind of figure out where you, where you belong and where you fit in. But here's an example of what we're doing and, and trying to create that environment for others where, um, they can come and be, you know, that freelance contractor with us and and still be able to balance some of those uh, finer details of family life. Yeah, good, I, good, I have, good for you. Good for you. I yeah. think this is a conversation that's not only, you know, in the landscape industry, but um, in in the wire, wider work world, you know, is how do we better support um all people, um, you're particularly talking about, you know, young moms that want to be in the profession, but have to balance, um, and choose to balance other important things like children and home and things like that. So I love that you're trying to do that and reach out. That's, that's something I heard a lot too, as a college professor is, um, young mom, college students, you know, asking me like, how can I, you know, work and, also take care of my kids. So I love that you're doing that and you're part of that conversation. We need to have that conversation. And I know that's, it's easy for me, maybe me to say as a guy, you know, in, in, in the industry that it, it, I, I totally get that it's different. So I'm glad that there's voices like you out there, Marin, that are having those conversations with people and trying to, to find some answers to that. Yeah, I'll uh, you know echo that statement, and um, and we think a lot about just the you know, and we'll do a lot of interviewing throughout the year, and we'll hear a lot of stories. And that stories is it's a responsibility as we have an organization to say, well, how can we have that person aligned? Because nobody can. Uh, the the traditional work week is gone. I don't know if that even exists in its truest, the old form of it. And so, here's what I have. How can you know, how can I get work with you as an organization and how can we work with you as an individual becomes uh, the bigger conversation, right? And so as long as we fo I follow the EOS piece, we're under this and I get it, want it, capacity for it. They understand mm -hmm. our values. 
Um, the the life may require shifts and times and peak times and you know, unavailable times and understanding of uh, family needs. And it's like, okay, uh, we'll figure that out. And it expands our staff. It grows that piece a little bit, um, but that has some exciting piece. That the 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 change that that has led in our organization, I think, has only been for the better. Um, and I think this was driven way before any pandemic uh, realities uh, and pieces. This is just an opportunity to really engage more people. And I never want to be the the person, especially as deeply involved in the industry, to say this isn't for you, right? Like I think it's for everybody. Just got to find that path and the organization that shares the same values and strategy of how to do it and more diverse companies in this industry better the thread leaves the, the land cares the rms right we all are are thinking a little differently than we have in the past and that i think has just only expanded this this universe see yeah, we did solve it right we are yeah, solving the world see. look at that combined we are um uh, <laughs> We're a powerhouse. That's it. That's it. That's it. I, I, I was going to say the Captain Planet uh, cartoon, but I don't know if anybody watched the. It was a. Oh, that was when I was young, and that was put all the powers together, and this really cool person comes out. Uh, look it up, YouTube. When you're really bored in the winter, here, everybody, go watch Captain Planet cartoons. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm uh, I'm thrilled to have uh, you know your your story as a part of this podcast and uh, and and sharing that there is a to your point there is no one path there's a many many different ways to to accomplish such a thing and so um, we I guess now you, now you get to throw it out in the universe the goals the future of Threadleaf or your goals what uh, what does that look like for you? Ooh, that's a really great question. We're actually um, diving deep into that this week, Chelsea and I. So maybe come back next week. No, I'm just <laughs> she just wants to come back, right? See, we've got to, she's got to solve yeah. all these problems for us, and then yeah, us the part two. Is <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no, you have to. You say it now, and then we come back like a month. And you listen, like, oh wait, you re you'll re-listen. Like, was that really what I meant? Um, so this is a good check-in for yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean path forward for us is we're just continuing to grow and um, expand our community of designers, continuing to um, give back by meeting with um, students and, and giving them some hope and inspiration. Um, and then, of course, just trying to make sure we make it through another season because it can be it can be brutal sometimes when you just get hounded and hounded and it all comes at once. And um, I don't know, I thought I'd get used to that in our industry, but it seems to get me every season. <laughs> well, you have the seasonalities of demand, I'd imagine, right? There's a a, a very busy season in your market that says this is when we all think about the landscape and the needs and, oh, I should probably start this process with. So you add that to then starting an emerging business, which has all these fun and annoying statistics about how many of those could get all the places, but we'll say that you're not, you're going to beat that statistic, right? And so I deal with the one of the second generation where everybody tells me how much percentage of companies uh, don't make it when they become a second generation company. Uh -huh. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, <laughs> and so, right, it is, uh, we didn't say this is the easiest industry, but we love it to death, but it, it, it comes with some unique challenges uh, mm -hmm. in addition to just trying to run a business. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So we wish you all the best and um, we'll have you on next week and you will have solved all these things. Um, but uh, thank you. I think we made it to our, our segment where we've, we get to hear the, the fun and annoying parts and you might've annoying Rose and Thorn. I don't know if Thorn always has to be annoying. It just has this moment of point, right. To yeah. our, to our, to our life. So personal, professional. Um, Scott, why don't you kick it off? Why don't we hear what, what your Rose and Thorn is and get us all idea generating here. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll I'll share my thorn as I had to pay property taxes this month. So um we can't that, use that every time. I mean that, that, I didn't say that. I've not right. said did I yeah, say that no, I haven't said that true. before, have I? No, um, but maybe I think it's gonna come again every time. But yeah, this month was uh property taxes were due for 2023. So that's always fun to write a big check. Um, it's sure nice to live in a home, but then you remember you got to pay property taxes. So that was my thorn, but it's past me now for another year. Um, the rose, what was better? Uh, here, real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Better property taxes, Utah or Texas? Um, I was in Idaho and they have pretty low property taxes. (laughs) Okay, Texas Texas doesn't have an income tax, so they make up for it in other ways. They they get all states get their money for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, My my property taxes were much lower in Idaho and southeast Idaho. I will say. All right. Um, for the the rose, a couple of things. My wife's birthday is tomorrow, so she'll be celebrating her 40th birthday. Um, she doesn't have gray hair like I do, but, um, so it's her birthday. So we're, we're looking forward to that. And then, um, last week I got to meet a bunch of new friends in our industry up in Minnesota. So I was attending the Minnesota state nursery and landscape associations annual conference called Northern green. I got to attend that and I got to present at that conference over um, three different times over three days. So that was really fun and got to meet some new people up there um, in that market that that I didn't know before. So yeah, good, great things going on in, in that area. Maureen, how about you? Yeah, I my rose would be, I also attended a conference last week. It was the UNLA, so Utah Nursery and Landscape Association. Um, got to see a good friend present. I actually think she's been on this podcast, Savannah Craven. She did an excellent job. And then just always networking with people, you know, in our area is always fun. Um, and then I look forward to this week, I get to go back to my alma mater and uh, speak to a group of women in the industry or in the in landscape program. So oh, wow. that'll be, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Thorn. I don't know. Any thorns? Oh, yeah, I, hear the thorn. I mean, I didn't really have one. And then you said taxes. And I was like, oh, we had to do our, we just send out all our 1099s and all that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, that was a pain. Like, that was my first, my first time, like being in charge and doing that. And I was like, man, this is a big pain. <laughs> yep. So a uh, follow-up question real quick for you, Marin. Are you going to be at uh, NCLC in March at BYU? I believe that's the plan. So I I don't know in what capacity, but I believe yeah. we'll be there. Yeah, I thought you I thought you might. So if anybody's listening in and want to catch up with Marin in person, um, it sounds like there's a good chance she will be there in March at the National Collegiate Landscape uh, Competition. Perfect, perfect. Continue to inspire. I'll uh, I'll add to this. I was just at the Leaders Forum and NLP. 
So my networking, it was wonderful. It was in Mexico. There's a little nice sand. You both didn't, you both choose the cold climates. I would recommend going into the warm <laughs> ones. That's what I experienced there, but strong networking, good education, uh, fellowship, all those things combined. And in just in a, in a, in a feeling of a break, um, when it's the, as busy as it can be, or you, uh, as a leader of your organization or owner, you just feel like, where where are the folks that uh that think are going through the same things? I'm they were there, and it was good to feel that and talk through that. And so, um, always always fun. And again, NALP put on a a, a really really good event. Um, the thorn is just the windows of time uh, between our season starts, and so we are going into February, and we have just a only a little bit more time, right? That just goes away so quickly to get ready for the the next season of it. And um, snow always seems to disrupt that flow. Uh, as a contractor, it just says you have to go out and perform. You don't get that chance to think uh, too much. So we will, I, I, I've shared that one, Skylar, a billion times on this yeah. podcast. And so uh, the taxes, taxes I, yeah, I, I've lived with high taxes in New York. So I'm just, yeah, that, I'm just used to that part now. Now it's, uh, but, and I, I should be getting over the fact that these seasonalities come with stress, but it always just, always just shows up every so often remind me. So um and the fact that we do this podcast, uh, we tend to uh, record these on Mondays. That's always something tough. If we did this on Fridays, I wouldn't have a care in the world, right? This is like, we're, we're having a great time. There's but no, no Mondays, on right? Yeah. But fr- Mondays, there's tends to be a couple more things we think about. So, uh, well, thank you both. Uh, thank you, Marin. This is a wonderful conversation. Uh, and uh, I hope again for our listeners that we continue to inspire, think differently, uh, potentially take that leap. Uh, which I think this conversation did with that becomes sounds like a, a lot of fun, a lot of reward if you're, if you have the values right and you got the systems. So um, very, very appreciative of, the, of those stories and smart th- thoughts. Yeah. Thank you, Marin. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Well, great. Uh, to our listeners, continue to uh, listen and share uh, with all those out there and we will uh, see you soon. Thank you. Take care.